Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The forces of Satan are attacking a church in the grossest way possible. And then we take a look at the bizarre story of the camera heads. Was there once a creepypasta floating around the internet about a man who smashed another man's head open and a VHS cassette came out? And more bizarrely, is that story true? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I really do. First off, we have to give a shout out to our newest Patreon, Jack Hayes. Everyone give it up for Jack Hayes, or as I like to call him, Jack Hayes! I feel like then I'm yelling at a character in a 1970s sitcom, Jack Hayes! Um, But I've earned the right to call him that, so if any of his friends are listening right now, do not call him that. Jack Hayes! And I will stop as well. But thank you so much, Jack Hayes. It's hard to go back to the normal thing. Jack Hayes, it's so much. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. If you can't support the show, help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot as well. It just really helps build the show over time. Really, really appreciate all the help, all the support I've been getting from all of you. Also, we've been doing the Dead Rabbit Movie Club. Friday night, 7 p.m., we're going to live stream on YouTube. A discussion of the movies we're watching this week. All of these movies are available on Shudder.com. I'm not sponsored by them. Just right now, they're doing a free 30-day promo. If you use the promo code SHUTIN, S-H-U-T-I-N. Again, I'm not sponsored. Just trying to share the service with you, and we can all watch these movies together for free. Yesterday's movie was the movie Housewife. Did you any of you guys watch that? It was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Really, really enjoyed that one. The way I would describe it is... If the Mouth of Madness or Hellraiser was shot on the budget of a Hallmark a movie of the week. It, it, you could definitely tell they were restricted by the budget. But they had a very interesting story, very interesting visuals for what they could do. If you gave them an extra $10 million, the movie could have looked like Mandy. That Nicolas Cage movie we watched last week. Um, but it did, I, I thought it was actually a better movie than Mandy. I thought it had a better, better narrative. I thought it was a, a more cohesive film. Very, very interesting movie, Housewife. This next movie, I have not seen it. I know the director. I've seen a ton of the director's work. The director's name, because I watch a lot of terrible cinema. I find a great enjoyment in that. The director's name is David Dakota. He's the one who shot D.B. Cooper versus Bigfoot. He is uh, known for the 1313 franchise. In the past 15 years, he makes a lot of movies that he says are for young women. Horror movies shouldn't just be for uh, men, which I agree. I don't think horror movies are just for men. But makes horror movies for young women. It really is just a bunch of a bunch of dudes running around with their shirts off instead of a bunch of girls running around with their shirts off. So it's not my it's not my cup of tea. But the movie he'll make like ten movies within a month, and they're all shot in the same location, and they're they're. They're hilariously bad, which I really, really enjoy. He's also, though, made some really good movies. Leeches. Very interesting horror movie. Very interesting horror movie he made. Final Stab. It was his Scream ripoff. Very interesting horror movie. He has a lot of talent, but he just kind of churns out stuff very, very quickly. Hires a bunch of guys to walk around his apartment. 
with no shirts on, films them, and then Bigfoot shows up and kills them one by one. This movie comes way earlier in his filmography. Again, I've never seen it, but he started off making really low-budget horror movies. This is a classic. I've never seen it. I'm actually surprised I've never seen it. I'm going to watch it tonight. Sorority Babes. I'm shocked, too, that I haven't seen it just based on this title. Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolo-Rama. No idea really what it's about. I can imagine it's a bunch of chicks running around a bowling alley. Probably a monster or a serial killer. But we're going to watch it tonight for the Dead Rabbit Movie Club. If you want to watch it, you can watch it on Shudder.com. I'm sure you can also find it in other places, but Shudder.com has that free promo code SHUDDEN for 30 days free. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode, though. Jack Hayes. I'm turning to you, I'm looking you in the eyes, and I pull out the keys to the carpenter copter. Drop them in your hand. I go, you take us to Botswana. You're like, that was kind of official. And I'm like, it was. I'm in an official mood today. We're actually going to dress up because we're going to church. So let's put on our Sunday best. Put on a little suit and tie. If you're not suit and tie, you put on that little like dress thing. What are they called? Well, they're just called dresses. But isn't there a particular like Sunday dress? Or is that just a term? Like where when they say wear your Sunday dress, does that mean is that a generic term for your clothing? Or is that like everyone has, everyone's supposed to have an actual dress they wear? It doesn't matter. Anyways, we're on the helicopter. We're flying out to the CD ward. Prepare for a ton of mispronunciation, guys. We're headed out to the CD ward in Mon, Botswana. We're flying down. We're flying low. We land in the CD ward. This story just happened back in March. So just a couple weeks ago this happened. Hop out. Got our nice little suits on and stuff like that. You're looking particularly good. I really like that outfit on you. You look great. Have you lost weight? You look great. Anyways, we're walking through the city. And there we see a little church. A little church. But something weird is going on. Everyone's outside. Now, I guess it's not weird. I mean, people aren't trapped in the church. When you go to church, they're like, you're here forever. No. Like, you're allowed to leave the church. Some of the churches. Some of the churches excommunicate you if you leave. But... There we're going to meet the prophet Gomolemo W.G. Motswetla. We're like, Prophet Motswetla, we see you're holding the service outside. And he's like, yes, yes, I still need to continue my ministry, but we are under assault. We're under assault from the Dark Lord. And we're like, can we help? We're actually paranormal investigators, monster hunters, as some may call us. Can we help? And he goes, yes. Yes, you guys look like you actually could help. So he tells the congregation to stay there, and he leads us into the empty church. We notice a foul smell. Oh, oh what is that? It smells terrible. Oh, we're, we're walking through the church. We're getting up to a, the lead couch pew thingy. Just sitting there, right? That's what pews normally do. They sit there, and you sit on them. They don't dance around until you tame them sitting there. As we get closer, it smells worse. And then he shows us, and on the, we're, we're all wrong, on that pew in the front there is a big yellow pile of poop. I'm actually shocked how many poop stories we've ended up covering on this show. I'm starting to wonder if there is some sort of supernatural connection between feces and the supernatural. Because it seems to be coming up a lot. And what's weird is it seems to be coming up a lot lately. And you go, Jason, that's just you picking stories about poop. All of a sudden, like, for the past two months, every so often there's a poop episode. What Prophet Motswetla says is that 
One day they came into the church and there was a big stinky pile of poop sitting on there. And you're thinking, okay, so something broke in and pooped. Well, he goes, no, 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 no. Because they've actually been looking into this. Here's some quotes. Here's some amazing quotes about this from the prophet uh, Matswetla. Quote, it is basically an arrow. So like the way it's, it's not just like a pile of poop. It's like pile of poop. It is a pile of poop, but it kind of has a point to it. So it, it almost looks like an arrow, like a weapon. Here's the quote. It is ba- Stop touching it. Let me read this quote. Quit trying to touch it. Quote, it is basically an arrow, a specimen of witchcraft, a sign of looming war. We are fighting a spiritual battle. And then we have this quote involving the investigation. I love this as well. Because you know, they all kind of gather around and they're poking it with toothpicks and stuff like that. Quote, initially, we thought it could be cat's poo. But it was way too big to have come from such an animal. Again, the marks on the couch showed that something heavier, probably a dog sat there. The only probability is that it could have entered through a broken window. But it doesn't make sense that a dog would go through the trouble to get into the church. The window is high and small. So, the idea, the skeptic's version of this is that, yes, first off, why do you have broken windows in your church, dude? Like, fix your, fix your broken windows. You can do that, right? But I don't know why I'm window shaming you. You, uh, apparently they have a broken window in the church, and a dog would have had to climb up, come through the window, take a dump, and then climb back out. So they're saying even if it was a dog, it would still be out of character for an animal like that. They believe that this poop may not even be from any animal at all, but from some sort of demonic entity sitting down and pooping. And this isn't the first time it's happened. This isn't the first time this has happened at all. In 2018, there was another building that belonged to this church in that same area that there was a chew mark through the door. Something had chewed its way through the door, snuck in, and took a dump, and then snuck back out. And after this happened, at one of the church elders' homes, there was hyena poop sitting on his couch in his house. So something something is pooping all over the place. Now, there's really two reasonable answers to this, right? One is there's a pervert. And I'm not going to point fingers, but first of all, you can you you know like there's Occam's razor. Once you eliminate all of the possibilities, whatever remaining, no matter how ludicrous, is the likely answer. There's also whoever smelt it dealt it. So I would say that the church elder who found the, quote, hyena droppings at his house, that was evidence that he left. I think they should look more in it. Allegedly, don't sue me, a nameless church elder. This is a true story. There's photographs if you want to see a picture of yellow poop on a pew. I think the church elders chewed his way through the door. Took him a while. Crawled in, pooped, snuck out back in 2018. That didn't scare him enough. So then... He pooped, he went to the church, pooped, and then he was walking back. He's like, oh, I still gotta go, I still gotta go. And he runs home, he couldn't make it to the bathroom on time, pooped on his couch, and then goes, oh, it happened here too. It happened here too. And also, I'm part hyena. <sighs> and he attacks them all. That's the twist ending. Fate to black. Are you afraid of the dark? The music starts playing, credits start rolling. But that's that's the most, that, that is the most like possibility the other possibility is there's actually a demon breaking into this church pooping or a demon possessing animals to break into the church and poop both are troubling right like what would you rather do what would you rather do you walk home 
and you you walk into your house. There's a dog pooping in your. You don't have a dog, okay? Because if you have a dog, then this means nothing. You walk into your house. You walk to a location where you know a dog doesn't exist. You walk into a bank, okay? You walk into your local bank, and you watch a dog walk in, poop on the ground, and leave. That's weird, right? But it's not supernatural. If you were just were just at the bank and then just you heard something go totally like just normal bank noises. There's like the cute teller chatting it up with her cute coworkers. There's like the security guard trying to stay awake. He's tipping his gun up. He's using his gun to tip his hat up like Andy Griffith. And then you hear an and then Jack Hayes is like, why did I why did I get mentioned on this episode when he's emulating a demon going poop? Imagine you're sitting in a bank and all of a sudden you hear like a moaning noise, and then you just see yellow poop appear out of nowhere and land on the ground. That would be super terrifying, right? That would be the worst. That would be worse. So originally I was gonna say would what would be worse? Seeing a dog possessed by a demon taking a dump or seeing a demon taking a dump? And I think I answered my own question. Seeing poop materialize out of thin air would be terrifying. You would never want to go to the bathroom again. You wouldn't even want to think about going to the bathroom again. I still think it's a person, though. Because what would be the benefit of that? Like, that wouldn't stop me from praying. I guess if I was, like, at a church and he was pooping on me while I was praying, I'd be pretty perturbed. But if I walked in my church and, like, demons were pooping everywhere, I'd just be like, that means I'm doing something right demons don't mess with bad ministers, right? Because they're like, oh, that guy already sucks. I'm not going to ruin that dude's day. But if you're on the right message and Satan's like, more poop. I need 14 legions up to Botswana right now. I need, but sir, our poop reserves are running low. Then get more poop. Everyone's like, ah, got to stop this minister. We're going to bury him in a tsunami of diarrhea. I want peanuts as far as the eye can see. Yes, master. I mean, then you know you're doing something right. The bank analogy is worse because you're just trying to cash a check. You're not trying to praise God. You're not getting interrupted there. But I personally would be proud if Satan was trying to poop all over my service because that means that I'm a good minister. So hats off to you, Prophet Matswetla. Hats off to you. You are doing, you literally are doing the Lord's work. And Satan can't poo nothing about it. Uh, you like it? Nothing? Like nut in? Can't let me try that again. And Satan can't poo nut in about it. S-H-I-T. So let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. How's that for a segue? So Jack Hayes, let's fire up that carpenter copter one more time. We're leaving Africa. We're headed back to the United States. We're going to land in a forest. And this is where the details get sketchy. Yes, right before the story starts, even the location we have to have some wiggle room with. Because what we're going to be talking about is a story requested by Vertigo22. Now, Vertigo22, YouTube listener, very, very appreciative, listens to the show, enjoy. He is a interesting figure because he's a pivotal figure in this story as well. We'll get to him in a second, but... He requested this story once on YouTube a couple months back, maybe about a month or two back. And then he requested it again during our live stream. And I started looking into it, and he actually pops up while we're talking about the story. So it's this kind of an interesting thing. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, and thank you, Vertigo22, for recommending the story as well. So here we go. Really, this story has two functions. Apparently, back in 2008, 2009, there was a creepypasta. Floating around the internet. Now, creepypasta, for those of you who don't know, is basically a short story 
a fable. It's it, it's basically it comes from the term copy and paste, where you just someone writes a story online and then you copy and paste it and post it somewhere else. Copy paste, copy pasta is what that became. And then those stories that were scary were considered creepy pasta. So it's a short, it's a campfire story. It's a story that's passed around a lot. It's what a creepy pasta is. Slender Man, Jeff the Killer, Russian Sleep Experiment. These are all creepy pastas. The Rake, Skinwalker, stuff like that. So there was supposedly a story back in 2008, 2009, known as the Camera Heads. We only have fragments of the story, and, and people who read it, it's weird. Let's get into let's get into what the story actually says, and then we'll get into the myth behind the story. There's a lot of layers to this. A man one day was out walking. That's his feet walking over dried leaves, little twigs. Snap, snap, snap. Birds. He's like, oh, it's a beautiful sound. And then he comes across, like, books scattered in all directions. What? What is this? That appears to be some sort of collection of pages with some binding on both. Is this one of those books I've heard about? And he picks it up. He's like, it is. It's a, I've, heard, I've read about these in other books. He sees a bunch of books everywhere. There's a backpack in the middle of the pile of books. What? That's weird. A backpack and books in the same location? What is this? The Twilight Zone? He's walking over to the backpack, and he sees in the backpack a cassette tape and a broken camera. Hmm, interesting. Books and backpacks in the same location. A video cassette and a camera that can hold said video cassette in the same location. The plot thickens. These are all weird items. What is going on here? And then he finds a note, also in the backpack. That says, I killed a camera head. He puts the tape in when he gets home. Because this story takes place in a time when some people still had VCRs. And it appears to be found footage. First person views of someone walking around. Nothing too sinister, right? But he begins, this this nameless hero begins to try to figure out, like, who took this video footage? What is a camera head? What did this backpack have to do with anything? And as he's trying to solve this, the camera heads begin to hunt him as well. So that's the story. That's the creepypasta. Well, to be fair, that's the only thing people remember. Because, see, this creepypasta existed pre-2008-2009. It was going around. It got to the point that we see traces, we see little fragments on the internet it got to the point where people were tired of hearing about the camera heads on the 4chan board, the Paranormal Board X. People were comparing it to the 2012 Prophecy, to Nibiru, to Slenderman. They're like, enough. We're tired of hearing about camera heads. So it was completely a well-known conspiracy theory. It really wasn't a conspiracy theory. A lot of people said it was a game. It was an ARG. So people would post stories about camera heads, and then there'd be photos and maybe even videos that documented this whole thing. And it all disappeared. All trace of it disappeared. There used to be a Wikipedia-type site, a wiki, 4X, called Xenopedia. And it documented all of this stuff. It had all of these creepypastas. But of course, they got trolled into oblivion, which happens. That's why we can't have nice things. It got trolled into oblivion. There's a bunch of infighting and everything gets wiped. 
Everything gets wiped from the server. So whatever the creepypasta was, it's only in people's memories now. So a lot of people have been trying to figure out, is this real? What did it entail? Things like that. What is most likely is the person who invented the creepypasta camera heads has either passed away, has no idea that people are still looking for this, or does and doesn't care. Those are kind of the the three likelihoods. It could have been a marketing gimmick for a real product that never got released, so they just stopped doing it. It could be a whole host of things. But no one has come forward to say, yeah, 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 I was the one who started that back in 2008. So, But you just have these little whispers around. And then some people go on and try to figure out where the camera heads came from, what inspired these things. So most of this research I got from two people, actually. They did a lot of research on who inspired the camera heads. One of them was a Reddit user named Hope1820. The other one was Vertigo22, the guy who recommended the story in the first place. Vertigo22 has a website called Limitless Possibilities. It's a ton of really interesting articles about conspiracy theories and paranormal stuff and 40 and stuff. He goes through the conspiracy theory iceberg. I'd recommend giving his website a check. I did get a bunch of my information from that. And both the Reddit user and Vertigo22 go into who they think inspired the story of the cameraheads. Whether it was a Hellraiser character from Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, named literally Camerahead, to a villain that was cut out of the game, Manhunt. They had uh, cameras on their heads and business suits. There was actually a real group in Seattle called the Camerheads. It was a performance art group that predated the story. They were doing this in 2008. They were wearing business suits with red ties, big cameras on their heads. A lot of times, Camerheads are compared physically to Slenderman, who wears a business suit, red tie. And those are all interesting things where who could have inspired this stuff. But I think there's a more interesting point here. Whether or not the creepypasta does exist. I don't think there's a mystery to whether or not the creepypasta existed. I'm not interested in whether or not the creepypasta existed. Because it is. That, that's, that has existed. We just don't have it anymore. And that happens all the time. People are going to write books that they do a first printing. They don't get... I think about musicians. I have a collection of music made by a failed artist who released one album and then never released or recorded another song again. And then their CD Baby account went dead and that's the only album. They only printed a thousand albums and that's it. If you don't have one of those thousand albums, you're, you're, you'll never hear the music. This It predates digital and stuff like that. That's incredibly common for stuff to get wiped out. It seems weird nowadays because everything's so archived. But for older people, it's quite normal. You have a magazine and then the magazine stops publishing and then you'd be like, hey, I remember that article. There's no way to get that article at all. We look at lost films and stuff like that. So that would be the equivalent of this basically lost media is what this is. The story of the camera heads is interesting, but that's not the main reason why I covered this. The the story of the camera heads is this. ARG or not, here's the story of the camera heads. It's people with cameras in their heads or foreheads. Not four in your forehead, but your whole head is a camera. That's ridiculous, right? Your whole head's a camera. That's impossible. A human with a video camera installed in their head is actually the most believable cryptid I think we might have covered on this show. And I know I'm not talking about... I think it's more believable than Bigfoot. Absolutely. It's more believable than Bigfoot. And Bigfoot was believable in 1864 when half of America wasn't explored 
And you never knew what was going to be around the other corner. Now, every day that passes and we don't find Bigfoot, Bigfoot becomes a little harder to believe. He, he may be real. He may be real. But the idea of being, a, you don't need an eyeball. You can live with, you can live without both eyes, but you could definitely live without one. So the idea of somebody having part of their face removed and having a mechanism put in there to record is incredibly believable. Whether or not it's supposed to look like a human eye or you're like that Hellraiser villain, you have a little camera coming out of your eyeball. Are you ready for your close-up? It's an actual line from that movie. That's believable. I'm not saying it would be comfortable. I'm not saying I would volunteer to do it. But you could easily remove someone's eyeball and put a camera in there. You could turn someone into a camera head using today's technology. You don't need anything special about it. Now, you would have to have the cassette tape stuff outside of the head. I'm not saying that you also don't need part of your jaw, but you actually don't. But you could have, and nowadays, in 2008, a smart car, like little digital smart thingies were just kind of coming in vogue. Um, you still would have been thinking about using like a DV cassette, a little, a little cassette at the very least. But nowadays, you could put a camera in someone's eye and it uploads to the cloud. It wouldn't be hard to build a camera head. And I think that's the more interesting part about it. If anything, this creepypasta is way ahead of the curve. I think it's possible. I think it's more possible than Slender Man, who's a supernatural entity, or the Rake. And it's funny, if Bigfoot, if the stories of Bigfoot started today, he would be considered the equivalent of Slender Man or the Rake. He would be considered creepypasta. It's because he has such a storied past that he's up there with these other major cryptids like giant sea serpents and stuff like that but the camera head can exist it's not a winged demon it's not a ghost it relies on nothing supernatural all it relies on is two things somebody's need to know what's going on at all times and the technology to do it the idea of carving out somebody's eyeball and putting in a camera and let's say, let's remove the video cassette from it, because again, then you have this bulky thing. And then you have it either uploading to the cloud, or you have a chip that you can pull out and upload as well. You back up. You got backup, right? You got to have redundant systems. If you're building a camera into someone's head, you don't want them to just, you know, like, go through a tunnel and you obviously lose signal. The big question would be why? What would be the advantage of poking a hole in somebody's head? And then putting a big old camera in there. And then you start to look at stuff like disguising it with the eyeball. And that's kind of what Vertigo 22 was saying. A police state where some people have the ability to record people through their recording eyeball. Both of them would basically be considered camera heads. Their head is a camera in a sense. So it's possible that this ARG, this game people were playing back then, was real. Because the technology definitely exists for that. And it's possible that what people saw these clues and this guy's descent into madness and these cries for help to the point that other people got tired of hearing about it were real. It's possible that the reason why the person who originally started this story, even though people are still looking for any proof of this camera head creepypasta, is no longer responding is because he can't. And it's possible that the real reason that the files got purged from Xenopedia wasn't because of infighting or trolling from outside. 
while those two things were definitely going on, someone went in and deleted the only story that really mattered. Any clues to the existence of the camera heads. The fact is, we don't know either way. There's such scant proof that this was a game, or that this was a real story that seemed like a game to people who are already overly skeptical because they got dragged into the game of Marble Hornets, because they got dragged into the prophecy of 2012. They're already overly skeptical that when someone says, I found a note that says, I killed a camera head, it just got filed with all the other nonsense that was going on at the time. Camera heads are possible. Not only are camera heads possible, camera heads are likely. Because we do have a group that wants to know what you do at all times. It's called the government. It's called any corporation that wants to market a product to you. So the question isn't, are camera heads real? Because they definitely could be, right? The question is, what event led to a torn backpack, a broken camera, and a note in the middle of the forest? So the next time you're out and about, and you see a stranger staring at you a little bit too long. Walk a little faster. You may be being observed. Doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. But you don't want to stay there too long. Because for all you know, you will be swept up into a mystery world of intrigue and danger as these things Track your every move. And in your last moments, you may find yourself writing out a note to leave among your belongings a clue to what has happened. That you too killed a camera head. And you don't have much time left. They know where you're at. They're always watching. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Be safe, be kind. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.